You are such a geek. Geek. What is a geek? Episode 229 of the Broadcast Geeks coming in on that funky Titan sound. <laughs> I am one of your DJs, Matt Oren. I'm Jake Becker. And I'm Midnight Mitch Jones coming to you live from my bed. Do, do, do. Yes. Sexing it up. Yes, you are. I even took a picture of it. <laughs> that's, for the, that's for the Patreon. Marcelo's head will explode. <laughs> Which one? The lower one. <laughs> We were doing Titans theme. I like that as a beginning. Why is what, that? Uh, well, because the show. I mean, um, you're not caught up, unfortunately. How how many? Uh, what episode are you on? Do you know? What's the most recent? No, I am. I saw the Souls one. Okay, so you're and one behind. Yeah. Is that is that it? There hasn't been one after the one called Souls. Yeah, just this no, except for the the newest one. The newest yeah. one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Souls was good too. Souls is where we see Raven, right? Wait, so and Souls Hank. was less confusing to you, Matt, than the new one? No, it was confusing to me because you're. I'm trying to figure out how many episodes there are because why are they bringing Donna back now and what the fuck is going on in Gotham? Like, are they doing No Man's Land? Or are they doing the the war one that? Oh, is it Stephanie well, started? Like, are they doing a conglomeration or is this all? There just- was no. F- there was also no follow-up on the cliffhanger from the last episode. Which was Donna is alive? No, Bruce. Oh, that's right. Uh, once again, Batman doing the least Batman things ever. Yeah, it's like the worst Batman, but in it's it's like amazing how little it damages the show. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I was just going to say, on paper, a Batman this bad should make the show unwatchable for me. <laughs> yes, it really should. The only, like, in my mind, and this might be one of those things just like, you know, internet fanboy, Batman would never do that. But he wouldn't. The only way to get Batman to stop being Batman is to fucking kill him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he doesn't fucking quit and get sad and then try to kill himself in a house fire. No, there's only one way Batman quits, quits in all of the comics ever. And that's he when he gets way the fuck too old. Yeah. And he pull and he has to use a gun. Right. And they've done it in a couple different ways, but that's what it is. When he finally needs a gun to get out of a situation, he retires and hands it off. Right. Yep. But he doesn't fucking off himself like a bitch. No. no. He, well, yeah, he doesn't. He would never do that. That's just very unlike him. Unless he does it as a plot. Like, so here's what I'm wondering. That's now. what I was suspicious of too, Matt. Continue, please. I'm sorry. What, no, what I'm wondering is, you know, I always argue that Bruce Wayne is the costume, that he right. is Batman and, and he pretends to be billionaire Bruce Wayne in, in a weird, ironic way. But, you know, not even, but you know what I'm saying? He has to pretend some things as Bruce Wayne. So like maybe he was staging the murder of or excuse me the suicide of bruce wayne to people like killing off the person so batman could live on untethered i don't know i don't know did sure as hell didn't seem that way because he was literally passed out right yeah yeah no i'm wondering though if he like wanted himself dead as part of a plan for something fucked up 
that will be shown where he was like, this is the only logical way out of this is if I off myself. So like that operation nightfall. Yeah. Or something to do with race. Maybe because well, we know about the Lazarus pit now. So he's, just, yeah, he would get put into the Lazarus pit and brought back. Yeah. Maybe he's baiting Talia. Oh, Oh. Maybe maybe that they've already introduced Tim. We're going to get a season with Tim before he becomes Red Robin, and then we're going to get Damien. I don't fucking know. It's old man Batman, so they could squeeze Damien in there if they wanted to. Probably could. Or he already just found out about Damien on this long trip overseas while he was gone, and he's trying to bait Damien into saving him by using the Lazarus Pit and proving to the kid he's good because he's a fucking murderous 9 or 11-year-old at this point. If they did that, dude, if they had like an 11-year-old boy show up on the show as Damien with the whole like, let's kill him, father, like I'd lose my shit. That would be awesome. (laughs) Him telling fucking Dick Grace into his face that he's a punk bitch, but being able to prove it unlike Tim all the time. (laughs) I saw a good panel of, because uh, there's no secret that Jason Todd and, and Damian Wayne have a, a very uh, tenacious yeah. relationship. Yeah, a very not, not argumentative, but adversarial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's one panel where Damian's like, I'm a wanted man, Jason. And Jason's like, you weren't even a wanted child, Damian. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you remember reading the comic, like this kid's supposed to be 11 to 12 years old. Right. Like he doesn't have pubes yet. Also that is his whole, his whole solo series was about the fact that he had all these murder trophies yeah. that he needed, that he needed to hide because he didn't want his dad to ever find them. Jeez. And it's him hiding all these murder trophies on an Island. Well, he's a product of his environment. Yeah. And you know, his ultimate environment is that uh, Talia drugged Batman and then took advantage of him. Dude, I cried when I read that Batman Beyond Rebirth series and how they tied in Damien and made it all work because he came into the comics between Batman Beyond and the new Batman Beyond series. Right. And they had to explain why he wasn't Batman when Terry becomes Batman. And it's fucking rough, dude. Basically, basically, he like he went in on a he wore the Batman Beyond suit. He was Batman Beyond first. And he went in on a mission and got fucked up. And Bruce assumed he was dead and never checked. And the kid went and killed Raish and took over the fucking assassins and then used him as like a respectable, honorable clan and like boiled in his mind all these years because he thought Bruce had chose this adopted son over him because Bruce had always had these adopted sons before when he came, when he made it back and saw Bruce with Terry, he just left. Mm. And then, and then he gets, and then he gets in a fight with Terry and they both think it's Raish. Bruce and and Terry think it's Rache until they get there to actually fight him. Oh shit, that sounds cool, dude. It is cool, but it's sad because he like lays it out and he, and he's sad. They wrote it as like he's this forty five year old man who's broken because his dad, who changed his whole life, abandoned him. <sighs> and it's Stop, rough. That's heavy. Yeah. Happy yeah. as fuck. Well, shit. Oh, I mean, that doesn't even way to keep it scratch light. the surface of what's going on in Titan. So, so wait, you guys, uh, Matt, you had said that you didn't like where it was going in the newest episode. What in particular is kind of getting your goat, grinding your gears, as it were? 
Well, let me tell you what's grinding my gears. I just don't tell understand. Tell yourself, mean Gene. <laughs> I just don't. Un- I don't understand where they're going. I, I don't think I like Jason. Uh, I'm not saying, oh, I don't like Jason Todd. I'm saying, like, I don't like the guy that's playing Jason. And I don't know if I like the portrayal of Jason. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. Maybe that's the point that he's supposed to be that annoying. Uh, but I, I just never liked him. I never. And, and I have a hard time really connecting with it because of the fact that I, I, I think he's weak. I really love how they're portraying uh, Scarecrow, although I feel like they're elevating his worth a, a notch or three. No, he's, yeah. he's top tier. I don't know, man. But not Dude, doing he's what not... he's doing. He's a yeah. bad man in the books. He's yeah. a bad, bad man in the books. He's always been kind of dummied down in any of the other media. I mean, I guess yeah. so. He, yeah. He could be pulling this off. I guess what I'm thinking of, what is his motives or intentions now it's definitely very deliberate like he is controlling people's fear and whatever uh, on a citywide level like for him he that's what he's getting off on Um, yeah but what's his game with the hood like he's he's probably just using them yeah i I don't i don't know i i don't know there's something about it that that's annoying me and i'm not sure what it is to be honest with you and the only thing i can grasp onto is that i just don't like the guy his rendition of jason I would agree, man. I don't like him as Jason Todd. I don't like him as Robin, but I really like him as Red Hood. And that's the only thing I can think is like they must have screen tested him in the hood and doing the voice and being that way and crazy in that way because he fits the Red Hood character, but he's like just young enough that I don't like him as the jaded asshole. Mm-hmm. And they and they know that, and then they write him as a vulnerable teen too, and it just kind of washes it out. But it's it, and then he's not a strong enough actor to pull off the bullshit they're do, they're giving his character. Probably, you're probably right. But then when he's in Red Hood and he's just full out fucking anti-hero, he's great. I think I really like him as Red Hood. But as Robin, I hated. Yeah, I and agree. and him as himself is not much better than the Robin. It's a little better than the Robin. So what did because, you think? What did you all think about that train scene? You I mean, it that. was it was cool, but it was kind of weird. Yeah. What? Yeah. They had a train scene. Yeah. <laughs> was that Souls? Yeah, that's Souls. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because we know about DC's like heaven, hell, purgatory rules, and that's not one of them. So Hang the on. fact that I'll be right. Fa- you guys keep talking. I'll be right back. The fact that like Trigon and like the whole thing's being explored with their whole levels of the afterworld and heaven and hell and stuff already right it's weird that they slip in something that's not canon they're like just to fuck with you a little bit because we just told you one thing that and it was a device to have a way way to explain all of the people being there not just donna and not just because she would have gone to the amazonian fucking valhalla it's not valhalla but whatever the fuck they call it they go to special heaven and yeah so i think in order to make it to where like everybody could interact they had to come up with this idea that had not been used before but i i mean ultimately i liked it i think it was a good way to do what they did yeah i i like how vague they left a lot of it and it was just very dream statey i think yeah. that was clever they but they did a good job of like skimming everything they never went deep enough on anything for the math to not add up you know what i mean I do. So I, I do. thought that was good. And then, but then getting into the new episode with Donna walking back into town and, and stopping at a, uh, a border checkpoint with only two guards. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, again, Gotham's on like a lockdown lockdown. So like, I, I imagine she's going to like, they cut off after we see her leaving them. Right. right? I imagine she's going to get to the gate where they're keeping people in Gotham. Oh, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Like she got to the, like, why, why would you have a defense at the border outside of fucking, you know, a radiation site or something. like nobody's coming in. You just need to be there to be like, Hey kid, get out of here. This is well, they might have blocked access to that area. So there might not be people on the other side of it. Yeah. So they're just there as like a <laughs> double, double safety or there to let other military people in, you know? Yeah. But she, so she <laughs> fucked up the first checkpoint, but I was thinking about that too. Like, I wonder what happens when she gets to the real place where they're keeping people in God. Yeah. And what, uh, so let's try to figure out what they're doing because it's really not very clear. I mean, they're going to have, they're going to have Jason sacrifice himself, isn't it? No, I think he's going to break off. He's going to do what they did in the rebirth comics where he's going to kind of tell both people to fuck themselves and go out on his own as an anti-hero. And I think that gal that's his like kind of lady friend, I haven't read those books enough, but I think she ends up being one of the supers too. Oh, really? Yeah, I think something gets done to her and she ends up being on his team. Interesting. And there was a guy too. And then they did that for like a year and a half. And then they just abandoned the team and changed it to the red because it was the red hoods for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. But, I, mean, I mean, I'm watching. But, it, but, I, but it was Diana that saved Bruce, wasn't it? I don't. Oh, I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. How? How did you know? When, when Bruce got saved in that episode? Yeah. I thought they made it clear that it was Donna. I don't remember. It was two and a half weeks ago. Donna or Diana? It was almost, it was almost Donna. Wasn't she still in a coma when that happened? <laughs> well, I know. That's why I'm wondering if that scene was kind of a flash forward. And then we just saw this the episode where she comes back. Oh. And that's why they didn't wrap up the Batman. Oh. But I feel like, I don't know why I remember it that way, but I feel like they showed that it was her. Did you, Mitch, did you know who saved Bruce? Uh, Donna. Okay. Yeah. And he's all like, uh, Donna? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because she's supposed to be in the coma. And that's why he's like, am I dead? Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. good. I, I thought I was like filling in blanks in my head. No, you might even be gaslighting me. I don't know. No, we're not <laughs> gaslighting you. Uh, But yeah, so, <laughs> so I think this newest episode was, you know or souls and then the cliffhanger on this episode with her coming back i think bruce's i think bruce tried to kill himself after the shit we've been seeing for the last two episodes okay well pretty interesting i'm digging this show i'm behind on doom doom yeah God, it's so good but no i'm i'm, I'm almost there you know i mean I'm yeah limited the new the newest episode was so good. Are they doing it also like a week at a time? Yeah. Well, same thing as Titans where they came out with three on the first day and then a week at a time okay. going forward. Yeah. I really like it. I do like watching that show quite a bit. It's so weird. I try to understand the characters of Doom Patrol is is a lesson in pure comics, isn't it? You know, yeah. the, the 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 high tech character, the 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 blobby type character, the the muscle man, uh, those tropes, and it just it does it really well. It's it's a fun show to watch. The the language. Oh, Jane and Jane. That was a big Jane episode. That was a good episode. That was a, the one, the last one I think I caught. Okay. So I think you're only like one or maybe two behind. Yeah. I'm not too far behind. There are, there are only four episodes in. All right. Oh yeah. Then I'm like two or three. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like Jane. I like Jane as a character. I didn't like all of her personalities, but some of them are cool. Yeah. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them get a little old real fast. 
Yeah, I agree. Like the baby talk one. Yep, baby. Baby, yeah, I don't like baby. But I like... I don't, uh, I don't think we've seen baby much in a while. Not in a well, while. Not since last season when they were inside her head. Yeah. And that's because we gave feedback saying we hated baby and they listened. <laughs> that's right. They're like, especially that Mitch guy who hasn't even watched the second season yet. It's <laughs> all right. It was good. I enjoyed it. I love the Dead Boys. The Dead Boys. Dead Boys Detectives Agency. I don't think I've seen that. It's the third episode. It's from okay. the first week. Oh, well, I haven't seen any of that because I need to watch the second uh I know, but 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 Matt also looks very suspicious. The Dead Boys Detective Agency. You didn't see them? I don't remember. No, I it's, guess not. It's two English boys who are dead and their lady handler. Why so you must have, you must have only watch the second episode then. All right, fair enough. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm totally confused. Like I don't remember this. We're just They're reading, like a, obscure DC characters. Okay. Uh, I was just reading a book about a boy that has amnesia. I'm thinking, oh my god, do I have it? Is it can it spread through through literature? <laughs> <laughs> i need to you stop reading osmosis amnesia <laughs> that'd be funny oh, i know your name because it says it on my screen <laughs> jacob's iphone <laughs> <laughs> what else is being watched here john stewart's new show oh i haven't seen it yet really good it's on, it's on apple isn't it yeah it's on apple plus god damn it i don't have it well it, buy it john stewart's on there too much to buy so what so what is it like a, a daily show type thing, Jake? Yep. More that, serious, so- but yeah, it's like the daily show was towards the end. Oh, okay. When he was more cynical. Well, yeah. When it got to where it was like, I can't even have fun. Cause every week the world's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, but it's probably- good. The first one was about all the burning pits in Afghanistan and how the VA won't do anything for the veterans who have like terrible cancers and shit from it. Yeah. And it's pussy footing around, but it's great. It's really good. It's good to see him back. I also rewatched all of 1999's Daily Shows his first year on yeah, YouTube. I remember that. And uh, that's been really good. An amazing amount of Asian jokes in the first season of the John Daly or John Stewart Daily Show. Uh, but I mean, already by the end of the year with like the Bush election coming up, you can tell they're getting a little bit more serious. And then I know by the 2000 election, they're fucking full on the Daily Show. Wow. Think about how long ago that was 21 years. Oh, I know. And it, it's crazy. Like the third or fourth episode, he talks about like, if I make it to nine months on the show, it'll be the longest I've ever had a job. <laughs> and he, and then he clarified, he was like, not like an acting job, any job, any job. If I make nine months. So if you folks could tell your friends. Good for him. Yeah. That he ended up making it on there for what? 19 years. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Like 17, 17 years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Him and Colbert both quit their, respective comedy central shows right before the 2016 election yeah but at least colbert got a like lifetime dream job offer john stewart was just like you know what no one needs my very respected voice of reason i'm just gonna fuck off that's not true man i think we needed him i need we needed him and colbert in that spot more than ever during that election i agree that's what that's what i'm that's what i'm saying though is i think colbert got put in the position though of like do i turn down this lifelong dream i've had to keep this joke pundit job i have that's kind of important whereas stewart was just like "Ah, i want to raise goats with my wife yeah good for him good for john stewart yeah but i do i do think he had a lot of political sway i think 
I think there'd be less of a QAnon issue if Jon Stewart had stayed on the air. You know, the thing is, is that it's been there. It's been brewing and it just came to a head. All this stuff like this is stuff that's been going on for a while in the subconscious. And now it's just rearing its head and everyone's like, oh, OK. Yeah, but there's like Weird shit record of them doing the same exact shit they did with QAnon. They tried to do the same gambit in like the late 90s. Like the same exact talking points, all of it, top to bottom. And people didn't glom onto it because back then it was harder to get people on that page. But even before the Trump election, when Stewart was on, he'd get a lot of people on both sides. He was one of the, because of his humor and the fact that he'd make fun of everyone, he had, he didn't have like a giant swath of Republican support, but he had Republicans who'd watch him because they believed he wasn't as bad of a lefty as most people. And I think yeah, he yeah, I, a, I, I like what he says. I like what he has to say. Yeah. But I mean, like my parents are very right. They love Jon Stewart. They thought he was amazing. Uh-huh. Like I, but I, I, they don't watch Trevor Noah. They don't watch anybody that's got another viewpoint. I don't think that was the change in the climate. I think it was just they lost a really good option. They don't watch John Oliver. My dad does. My mom hates watching British shit because she needs subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> it's too British. I need the subtitles. Yeah, and every time she says that, I'm like, "All right, you geriatric fuck." So my dad will be like, "I found this really great detective show," and I'll be like, "Oh, mom, do you like it?" She'll be like, no, it's fucking Scottish. I don't know the fuck they're saying. <laughs> I'm trying to get a caravan for me, Matt. Yeah. That's Irish or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got him Brit Box for my my dad's birthday because he loves British detective shows. You know, I, my- I keep subtitles on for everything. I think yeah, that's but distracting. Yeah, I was going to say, my dad's like me where he tells my mom, like, can we turn them off? They're distracting me. This gal I've been seeing is telling me to watch Sex Education, but before we started recording jake you said it's awful and i was very tenuous because i'm like oh it's british but i'm gonna give it a shot it's funny but it's like it's it's too much in every direction it plays like a show the kids on riverdale would have written does that make sense (laughs) oh oh, fuck it's a a riverdale show within a show like no it's like what if what if fucking archie and 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 fucking veronica decided they were going to write a sitcom about sex education it's just that level of thought where it'd be two now people that were like, what if comics or Riverdale, Riverdale, like CW. Riverdale, CW. It'd be like if those teenagers had control over a comedy show about kid having his mother as a sex educator at his school and it being a horned up version of a mom. Your mom. She's a she's a sex educator. Who's yeah, a bit of a sticky wicket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah, it's fun. Th- I've seen the trailer for this. It's thin. It's a real thin premise. Asa Butterfield. I like that guy. He played Ender in the Ender's Game movie. Yeah, I think that's why they got him cheap for this. Oh god, that was such a good movie. <laughs> no, I like no, Matt. You got me wrong. I liked it too, but it was a massive failure. Oh, he was yeah. also in the Ford in it? Yeah. Yes. And I think it was like one of Harrison Ford's biggest box office failures. Oh, it was, oh they, they lost let, money. I'll let the Millennium Falcon door fall on my leg again. While we're talking just to about recoup. Him, what, what's your favorite Harrison Ford movie? Ooh. Or damn, have, wait, 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 stop. New question. What, what, mm, what is a Harrison Ford film that you enjoy that most people might not even 
know or appreciate like our listeners i mean like the fugitive is a fucking classic anyone yeah right. the fugitive yeah that's a great movie yeah television series made into a movie perfect you got I me on board kill my wife i was the one our man <laughs> what about no. you mitch mm, i don't know i'm pretty mainstream harrison ford indie star wars well even witness that could be air a... force one dude you ever seen the movie witness yeah no. witness fucking rips he is a investigator going into a Amish community. He's like a PI though, right? Not like right. a detective. Yeah. And he's investigating, uh, I, I forget, a murder or I think it was Disappearance. a Disappearance. Uh, what was the name of the boy? Not Elijah Wood. Um, Lucas. Oh, was was Lucas it a famous Haas. boy? Okay. I was going to say, I don't think I remember the boy being in anything much else. Yeah. He was in a couple of things afterwards, but okay. he played a, a witness to a murder and he lived in an Amish community. and the mafia or whatever, whoever needed to silence him is looking for him. And Harrison Ford is there to protect him and Kelly Preston or uh, who was the mom? Possibly Kelly Preston. Yeah. You know, I can't even, I'm bad at that game with movies. I remember clearly. Oh, uh, that's a good film, but that's, yeah. I, I like regarding Henry. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or saw it. I've heard of it. I don't think, I think maybe I've seen like 10 minutes of it on like fucking HBO in the middle of the day. Him and Annette Benning. Yeah. Uh, and I think Dakota. Uh, I don't it's know, about a divorce, right? Matilda, something like that. He is a high powered douchebag lawyer yeah. that has a, a serious traumatic brain injury and he doesn't know who he was and he has to relearn everything and he learns that he was kind of a jerk and he becomes a new person and he's married Harrison to Annette Ford does yeah and he's married to Annette Benning and they're having marital issues prior to this thing happening and it's weird and but it's it's just like a nice film where this asshole just has to start over and, and becomes just a good person nice that sounds cool yeah, it's a good movie regarding Henry. Regarding Henry. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. There's I'm a bunch of people in it. I'm looking up his complete... Yeah, his complete... Filmography. Uh, filmography. Well, yeah, that would be... Good his, thing this motherfucker's been alive forever and making movies repertoire. steadily for fucking six decades. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? When, when was his finest role? Because he was also in, what was it, American Graffiti or... Graffiti, um, yeah. yeah. Driving a 1955 Chevy 210. Yeah, let's see. He's I don't know. Good. Maybe maybe my favorite one is uh, Dead Heat on a Merry-Go-Round, where he was an uncredited bellhop in 1966. <laughs> I don't recall it. <laughs> yeah, no one does except me. It's kind of a you know, I'm kind of a Harrison Ford head, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was on a bunch of TV for a little bit. What about see. Six Days, Seven Nights, where him and Anne Heche uh, crash their plane? Oh, yeah. Anne Heche's butthole. Anne Heche's butthole. Yeah, where do, they, where do they do inside. that? Let's all look inside. In the desert or like uh, in a mountain area? I don't remember. Uh, an island, I think. Oh. Well, he was in I don't know. 10 from Navarone. What about uh, Cowboys and Aliens? That was a fucking crazy yeah. flop, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked, I liked it, too, it too, because you hadn't seen that yet. It was a cool premise. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, plus, it also had James Bond in it. Fucking Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That's right. He's done being Bond this Friday. Do, 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 do. There's never enough time to almost die. <laughs> is that the new title? Yep. Is that, is that actually the title of the James no. Bond film? No, it's 
No Time to Die is the episode of this. Is <laughs> It's No Time to Die is the newest uh, Bond movie title. Yes. That would have been a long one. That would have been funny. There is never enough time to die. Well, I listened to this podcast called The Weekly Planet, and they yeah. have a very... They they um their fans make fake movie posters based on what they say. And there's one that's just like, surely you must be kidding. There must be at least a little bit of time to die. No, there's not. Okay. <laughs> but then someone takes it from what they say and puts it on a movie poster and oh. like makes remakes their movie posters. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds dope. We should have somebody make some for us. I know, but if only one day our prince will come. <laughs> Look really cute like that. You got your hands down. You know. Uh, I forgot. No one. No one can see how cute I am and how much cleave I'm showing right now. I took a screenshot of it. Did please. you really? Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. How much? Let's get out the taco meat here. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not cleavage. Dude. That's taco meat. <laughs> and I'm hungry now, baby. Oh shit! I see those fucking. Now you got those bat nips, like fucking. <laughs> George Clooney going on there. Yeah, dude. Old George Clooners over here. <laughs> Here's a movie, Working Girl. Remember that? He was in that too. Is that about a prostitute? That's with uh, Melanie Griffith, where he plays a, a guy and she, uh, like a boss, and she works her way up against Sigourney Weaver, trying to get like top spot at this company. Wow, he's got a, a, a huge Jack Ryan. Like, that's another yeah, character of his that we're, we're not even talking about. Yeah, he was Jack Ryan for years. Yeah, yeah, I count here and at least... Get off my plane. To, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I think you're crisscrossing the streams on that one, Matt. I am, it's awesome. <laughs> you should have said, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I like him. Uh, it's hard not to. But now it's he, like, all right, dude, you're old and grumpy. He's my favorite failed pilot. What do you mean? Oh, I mean, he's crashed two helicopters and a plane. Oh, and he's still living. While he was piloting. Force is strong. That's just that's just gangster, dude. One of the ones he like walked away from the helicopter crash, and that was like the most recent one when he was old. I thought that's where he crashed it on the golf course. Was that the most recent one? Is there another helicopter crash that I don't know about? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I wonder how many planes and helicopters he's crashed. Yeah. I wonder if he, how many he's done in small countries we would have never found out about. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the fucking plot of six days, seven nights is that he crashes a plane. <laughs> yeah, I'm and sure they're the role for him. <laughs> and him and Anne Hayes, him and Anne Hayes were like, on that island and it like fixed their marriage or whatever because they were like we're gonna divorce but first we have to fly this shitty single engine prop plane across the fucking atlantic for some reason <laughs> they were selling it so they could split the money was that what it was no i'm joking it could oh. be but let's get rid of this asset so we don't have to deal with it in the divorce right that's fair sell it for cash split it and walk away yep got a boat sell it for cash sell it for cash <laughs> i haven't really watched much else i don't know about about you all no i've been uh i've been a busy little beaver and also my my room where i would normally watch things has been co-opted so co-opted yeah i haven't even fucking caught up on what if yet oh, oh. dog doggy doggy what now i'm kind of oh. excited that we recorded late tonight because i'm gonna be able to stay up after i eat dinner late enough to watch what if before i go to bed i watched the the one where uh ultron won that was that was pretty crazy. That's insane. That was the last one. Okay. 
But there's going to be a part two to that or, or another episode? There's one more episode, and it's the finale to that. Okay. But the shit with the, the watcher, of dude. The, the season, right? Yeah. But when, when Ultron gets down with, wah, they go crazy. I haven't too, watched. I'm too dry-throated to do it. I haven't watched yeah. all the episodes. Uh, I skipped one or two. You need to. I highly recommend you go finish them all because they're all for sure going to matter in the next episode. Oh, okay. You saw the Doctor Strange one, obviously. Yeah, he shows up at the end. Yeah, but but you saw the Doctor Strange episode. No, I didn't. You need oh, to go watch yeah, that you... before you watch the rest of this. Okay. Because that wasn't Doctor Strange. Oh, shit. Okay. That wasn't that wasn't your Doctor Strange on that bubble. Well, what if it was? So what if? No, it's not. They make it very clear. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm saying you need to go watch all that shit because that's the whole thing at the end when you see Strange. The implications are huge. Oh, so does that mean the Strange that's in the Spider-Man movie is not Strange? No, he that is. Strange. That Strange is Strange. This Strange is not him. Okay, Mister Doctor. This oh. the the Strange you saw in that bubble never broke his hands. Oh, okay, fair enough. All but, right, well, shit. I'll go back and watch it maybe later. I also yeah. skipped. I started the T'Challa as star lord but i didn't get far into it that one also probably needs to be seen before you watch the next episode wow okay yeah which is weird because we were all kind of like conditioned to be like none of this shit matters even to the greater mcu at large but now it just kind of seems like oh shit now all of this stuff does matter i mean within its own world. and possibly even to the mcu at large they've shown Christ. the watchers the watchers exist oh that's yeah. right in the yeah. guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah man so we know the watchers are real in the mcu so this could be canon they haven't addressed it yet i think they're gonna wait till after the finale because oh. mm. ultron breaking through the crystal wall and shit is big big news yeah oh, the crystal wall is like all the realities or whatever yeah each faction of crystals a different reality shit are we gonna have to are they building towards convergence jake maybe all, but all the marvel realities are converging on each other and i i think in a weird way that's gonna be like the solution i don't think that's what they're building to right because in the comics that's how miles morales gets to the 616 universe and not ultimate yeah but i, th I think it's going to be a similar solve but i don't think it's going to be the same story right you know what i mean yeah then you'd have to have Captain America and Iron Man with his symbiote armor getting crushed by two realities because they can't stop fighting. Yeah. Which is a cool visual, but... It is, but I don't think they're going to do that stuff. I think they're just going to have it to where Strange fucks it up for the kid. Wanda had already weakened it. Loki and fucking Loki got Kang to fucking snap the timeline. And now it's fucking wildly wildly off with all the multiverse and we already know we're gonna have toby and andrew all of them in the fucking spider-man movie i read are a spoiler though? yeah we are they well one toby mcguire is like his universe is there and he's all but like confirmed but he's like winkingly saying like i don't know We'll have to wait and see. Whereas Andrew Garfield's being like adamant that he's not in it, but that like a professional VFX guy from ILM looked at the photograph of him taken on set and it's real. The one that he keeps saying is fake. The guy at ILM is like, no, I've been doing this my whole life and that's real as hell. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I, I really didn't mind Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. He's a little too cool to be Peter Parker, but yeah, he's, 
He definitely is a good Spidey. Nice. Andrew Garfield, you think? I would totally agree. Yeah. He had it. He had the moves and the, 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 the snarkiness as Spider-Man, but he also had that same attitude as Peter Parker, which is horseshit. Right. Right. Like, yeah, Peter Parker doesn't have the fucking quips uh, and the lines and he, he ain't the cool guy. Fucking Spider-Man is. Peter Parker is yeah. a little nerd. The that nerd. Can, Yeah, his dick's driving him around. <laughs> I I think uh, Tom Holland is the best of them. I agree. I think, but I think, I think Tom Holland's like Affleck for a lot of like hardcore Spider-Man guys where it's, he is objectively the best at playing the character in versions that maybe hardcore people don't like because hmm. i think people that are just like full-on like i love spider-man in every iteration of spider-man i think they get like a weird uh stockholm syndrome with having to see the uncle ben story yeah. and i think not getting that and having him brought in as like iron man's protege right away and stuff like that and him not being your friendly neighborhood spider-man i think that turned off and i'm not calling him out because he's not here to defend himself. But I think like guys like Jeff were just like, he's not my Spider-Man. I think that's because it's not the street level kid doing kid shit Spider-Man that they want it to be. Right. They also gave him a young Aunt May. Yeah. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. I, I thought it was fine. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a... I think I it's it the best one. Picture. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I think he's got it all. He's got the awkwardness. He's got the, the intelligence. And he's, he's got, got the, the lines. He's got the lines. Yeah. He's Yeah. Plus, he's got the coolest mentor. Yeah. He did. I mean, fuck yeah. yeah thanks for reminding me. <laughs> But how great is that line at the beginning of Homecoming when they're recording the alibi video of why Peter's been in Germany, like at the airport in Civil War? Yeah. And, and they turn it on the recording and Tony's just like, hey, mate, how you doing? How, what are you wearing? Something skimpy, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, I... I love and adore Marissa Tomei. Same. It's your yeah, favorite we all Marissa have Tomei. male penises. Favorite Marissa Tomei. Cousin Vinny. Oh, I don't okay. know. That's the, a good the one. Two youth. The yeah, two dude, youth. she's, she's a fucking the, riot in that movie. Wasn't she in the movie um, Untamed Heart or Untamed? I don't. I don't, uh, I don't know. I was a child in the nineties. Untamed Love. It was the movie where Christian Slater had a baboon heart. Yeah, again. And, and he was sick. Was this a made-for-TV Sunday afternoon ABC movie? Absolutely not. I thought you were about to say absolutely possible. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, shit. What is the... Hey, let's look her up. Yeah, she's wonderful. So, in this movie, Christian Slater was this... Has a pirate radio station. And he's no, so good at it. They're like, too. you deserve a pirate heart. And then they're like, we don't have a pirate heart. We're going to give you a monkey heart. No, no, no. It was something completely different. Oh, she was also in the Toxic Adventure? She's a Toxie? Here, the movie's called Untamed Heart. Oh, to- shit. And it's uh, her and Rosie Perez and Christian Slater. Yeah. She plays a waitress. That's right. Harley notices a shy busboy who secretly loves her until one night she's attacked and he comes to her rescue. But he's got a okay. bad heart. And the story is he got a baboon heart and he's sick and dying. Man, Toxic Avenger ripped off Ninja Turtles. Uh, it did it well, it came out in 1984. Yeah, yeah but Muck, Muckman is in like the third issue of Ninja Turtles. Oh, which also, like, didn't the comics start in 84? Yeah. 
Oh well, fuck. I I, th- I think eat, they're kind of independent. Shit, Lloyd Kaufman. Well, let's see. Toxic Avenger came out in '84, which means it was probably made in '83. That's what I was gonna say. I think it was just one of those things where they both kind of landed on the same kind of idea to make fun of what was going on in culture at the same. And it's probably a good chance that Lloyd Kaufman was in similar social circles as the people Eastman and Laird. There were, were yeah, they were doing independent comic inking and penciling up in the East Coast. Yeah, I'm sure they ran around in the same places because i mean the jersey guy yeah and they were making fun of the same shit right yeah so that's it's one of those convergences yeah convergence of ideas i i think that that's what i use when they when they talk about like for example the the asteroid movie there's yeah deep, deep impact and armageddon mm-hmm. and there, there's like all these convergences where you you, you get multiple studios making the same story in yeah one way. shark's tale and finding nemo mm. there's all kinds of examples it's like a it's because after certain events people's minds will all kind of go to the next logical step right so mm. if everybody consumes one media and they're like you know what would be cooler than this would be if we did it with fish oh like, yeah well the two producers <laughs> might have that idea tell me more fucking, yeah exactly and somebody will go to the studios and shop around a script and they'll be like no thank you and then they'll send their own people be like i want you to write a script about a fish yeah that is looking for its its son yeah and hangs out with this this blue fish that has a terrible memory yeah yeah that'd be cool or you know what else oh go ahead disney stole the lion king what yeah from kimba the white lion kimba the white lion Hmm. kimba had beat the fuck out of simba that's why his fur is so white None of his blood's ever spilt. <laughs> they just buy with the competition, right? So that's- yeah, no, not that one. They didn't buy shit. They just stole it and hoped right. they'd never get caught because they didn't see the internet coming. <laughs> they just outright stole a Japanese movie. Nobody really saw the internet coming. I know, but that like that them and Sublime is like the most I've ever been. Like, oh, you were stealing art. You didn't know the internet was going to unify everything. What did Sublime steal? Uh, Brad used to go on trips to Jamaica and South America with his dad every year on a sailboat and he'd buy a bunch of vinyl and he covered like a bunch the none of it's his popular shit but he covered a ton of reggae songs and like a punk song version when it, on the albums and people thought they were his songs because they were like you know independent presses from Brazil and shit music that never oh. made it out to the world and Interesting. then yeah and then the internet happened and it was like oh shit like have you heard this version of that sublime song that's from 1977 shit before bradley noel was born but also like i don't know that it was that he was stealing it or that like because he died two weeks before their fucking first album came out nationwide at the release party so i don't think he was like stealing it i think there were covers that no one knew to be like oh brad does a sick cover of the song Mm. like where they would with step and razor because on the albums and shit it doesn't say much about those being covers either yeah i didn't even know scarlet begonias was a cover at first the only good version of a grateful dead song that's ever existed <laughs> dude what about shakedown street who else has done it i'm just saying the original shakedown street's fucking fantastic mm-hmm. wah, wah, 
I thought you were talking about the band because they just played at the Levitt Pavilion last week. Oh, no, no, no. No, Shakedown Street still makes my mouth taste like patchouli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me want to like walk down the street in Vegas. I like Scarlet Begonias. That's a good song. Yeah, especially uh, when Sublime sings it. I don't necessarily care for that version. There's a bunch <laughs> of songs. I, I and you know, now I mean, I can go down a, a deep dive of of jam bands because I was into that for a period of time, and I've heard uh, Dave Matthews do a really good version of Eyes of the World, which was a, a dead song played quite. A Dave bit. Matthews does some cool covers, and I've heard there's a song Bertha that Los Lobos covers. That big is big old Bertha. One of my favorite versions. And that's a Grateful Dead used to play that song. You know who has a fantastic cover album? And it's probably my favorite music from that band, which is insane to everyone else who loves that band. Who? A Garage Inc. by Metallica. Oh, I love it. It's for sure the best Metallica album. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every time I hear... Uh... Uh, the Bob Seger version. Of oh, dude! Turn the page. page. Yeah, the first like I heard the Metallica version before the Bob Seger original. So when I heard the Bob Seger original for the first time, I was like, "Who the fuck made the wuss version of the Metallica <laughs> song Turn the Page?" Yeah, or Tuesday's Gone. Oh God, that's such a good one, dude! Die, 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 my darling. Right, you're talking about both discs because that there was a second. Two set discs. that came out later on but the original was just one disc well i think it was a double lp initially though and then they released the disc separately over like nine months i don't right know. mitch no because the first disc came out way uh like a long time ago oh i know yeah. i'm I saying though have... i think it was initially a double lp and they just didn't release both on the cd uh, i think i think you got like three sides of it I think they had like Garage Days and then they re-released it called Garage Inc. with the second disc. Yes, you're right. Right. Garage but Days the, Revisited. The, but didn't the LP always have both of it, Mitch? I don't know. I've never been a vinyl guy. Yeah, I think that was like one of those early like this This is our band doing something that isn't our band shit. We're not going to release it the same way we normally do kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I like uh, uh, I do die. I used to do Die Die My Darling at karaoke. Oh, nice. Uh, and I really enjoy like Bread Fan, I think is a mm-hmm. song that's on there. That on the first disc. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that song. And uh it's electric. Sorry, this is the rest of the podcast just me beavis and buttheading this Metallica song. Dude, it rocks. Real quick to go back before we lose the thread, Marissa Tomei also was in. She was the stripper in the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. That's right. That he loved, and but he didn't love more than wrestling, so he let wrestling kill himself. Or did he? He let wrestling kill himself. Or he let wrestling kill him. I guess would be the proper way to say that. That's not the way any wrestler would say it. I'm going to let wrestling kill myself. Yeah. Stone Cold Crazy. That was another good cover. Oh, yeah. Stone Cold uh, Crazy. Am I Evil? Blitzkrieg. I really dug it. Actually, I dig that album. Dude, it yeah. rocks hard. I, it's for sure my favorite Metallica Whis- album. Whiskey in a Jar. That's a, actually a good Oh, cover. yeah. Whiskey yeah. in a Jar. Jar. Yeah, that's an official Metallica lyric. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Over. Yeah. 
Have you seen them live? I assume you you both have. Yeah, yeah, I have. I played hockey. (laughs) I I go ahead. I saw them do uh, last time they were in Denver. It was really funny because there was a lightning storm. They they were playing something from Ride the Lightning too, and it was just like everybody get out of the stadium. We have to go on a, like a, a weather delay. It's like, you're going to fucking tell Metallica that they can't play Ride the Lightning while there's fucking lightning storm. And they played your song, bitch, remember? They did. They they played fucking uh, I Disappear from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack because right. I tweeted them and asked them if they would do it. Yeah. I believe that. They had to ride the lightning right out of there. Yep, yep. One thing that was about, you know, getting back to our thread about broadcast and TV and movies and something. Since we've recorded last, they have a voice cast for the Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Oh, yeah. People are pissed. I'm not necessarily pissed, but I just don't buy Chris Pratt as Mario. I kind of have the same problem with this I had with the Sonic movie, and I like Ben Schwartz more than I like most of my own extended family. Uh, (laughs) It's that, like, dude, there's been one guy doing it for 30 years, and he's still here with us. Why the fuck are you not paying that guy to do the job? Why did you replace somebody that's still doing that job? That right. just seems that seems really chicken shit by these studios. I mean, stack up the rest of the cast, but have yeah. Mario, who's had speaking lines, and Luigi, who've both been voiced by the same guy for 30 fucking some years. Yeah. Do it. Well, they're it trying really... to set it up so that they could do a whole new line of it with a new voice because those people are going to die. Yeah, but like that's cold to fire somebody when they still got 15 years of working life left. In hey, them. I, I, and yeah. they did. And I don't think they're doing it for that reason. I think they're doing it for the reason of we can get Chris Pratt and there's going to be steam around because the video of Chris Pratt practicing the voice isn't a setup and it's him going, it's me, a Mario. Like what? Why the fuck have him there? At least Ben Schwartz and Sonic did his own voice. Like at least yeah. it was just Ben Schwartz doing Ben Schwartz. And yeah. it wasn't him would- impersonating the other goddamn voice actor. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's voice actor erasure, and I don't fucking like it. I don't know, man. It, it, I'd almost rather he just sound like Chris Pratt and be like, or kind of like, you know, Bob Hoskins was in the original. I'm just like, yeah. Come on, Luigi. Yeah, that'd be fine. But him doing the Mario, and it got such a bad response from the video that leaked. I bet they'll change his direction with the voice. Yeah. But um, thank God, because if we would have gotten that movie, man, that is just, that would have been insulting. <laughs> like, why even pay Chris Pratt the money to be there if you're just going to have him do the thing, the guy that was on the company dole? Yeah. Who was the Luigi in the, in the Hoskins film? Was it like Joe Flaherty or something? It's John Leguizamo, essay. Johnny Legs, dude. Yeah, Pastor Levato. He comes in and kills it. They put the Evian in the truck at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> dude. That movie gets a lot of hate, but I have it on VHS and DVD. Yeah, dude, it's one of my favorite movies. The opening with the fucking prehistoric shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that that movie kicks dicks. It just had almost nothing to do with Mario Brothers. Right. I mean, it did as far as the, the two Mario Brothers are starring in it. But, I mean, you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, and it did on everything coming after it, too. It influenced the Mario storyline quite a bit. Yeah. But before that, all we had was, like, the visual look of it, and it didn't adhere to that very much. Right, right. He didn't stomp on any fucking turtles in that movie. How can you call it a Mario? 
Yoshi's doper than a motherfucker in that movie. He just looks like a, a like a reject from Jurassic Park, though. Yeah, dude, it looks like a dope ass little kangaroo dinosaur thingy mm-hmm. with a, a big head. Yeah, it's got a bigger head than it should with a shorter nose. And it's kind of yeah. round. Yeah, but if you punch movie Yoshi in the back of the head to make him lick something, that motherfucker is going to turn around and bite. No, Video dude, game Yoshi like, does not have teeth. It's true. He's, a, he's plants, right? I know which one I'd rather hang out with. Uh, the cute one with that wears shoes? No. Or the, the one cute, that has his exposed fucking... He has his fucking raptor claws out. His Kaleka? He slices a lot of Goomba <laughs> bellies with that shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't no Goomba, though. I'm his friend. Friend. <laughs> I mean, but as far as how bad the casting of Chris Pratt as Mario is, it's almost as good of casting to have Charlie Day be Luigi. Charlie Day as Luigi is great. And I doubt, well, even if he does the voice, it'll be funnier because I don't think his voice range is as good as a normal human's. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to fucking go out and get some turtles now? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. I have to jump on these blocks and get the... I don't know what voice I'm doing, but I... That's yeah. that was pretty... that sounded like Charlie Day trying to do a voice. Yeah, it's pretty decent actually. That, that was really go good. Around. I don't know. My one big uh, fucking Jack Black is Bowser too. Yeah, that's cool. And then Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I didn't see that, but that's cool. What if we go out and get some fucking turtles, man? And we make them attack. <laughs> I haven't. Was there a trailer for it, or is just this is just casting? Just no, the casting just, was released. They use the Nintendo Direct, which is usually reserved for announcing video games, upcoming Nintendo titles, and whatnot. But they used it to uh, drop the cast list for this upcoming. I believe it's a DreamWorks, but it might be Elimination. I think it is Am DreamWorks. I, is it DreamWorks, or is it they, under the same banner as Minions? Oh, I thought maybe it is. I thought it was DreamWorks, though. Well, who do looking you, it up. Who do you, uh, who do you think should have been voicing Mario? The cost is uh, Bob is dead, right? Uh, Bob Hoss is dead. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Gandolfini is dead. Gandolfini's dead, right? You want yep. an older Mario? No, I just want an Italian guy who fits the voice. If they're not going to do the cartoonish Italian stereotype, then it should be some guy that's like, hey, Luigi, there's the turtles everywhere. Fred Armisen as Mario probably would have been a way better choice. That guy does really amazing voice work. What about Sebastian Maniscalco as Luigi? <laughs> that would that would that would have been good. And then Charlie Day as Mario. Luigi sent me to go get some lemon loaf. What's a lemon loaf? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's what's um not Mario Cantone? What's the uh? <laughs> Mario Cantone as Mario. No, okay. what's. What's the younger Italian comic? He's a gay comic. He looks like the lead singer of Queen. He's a very handsome young Italian man. Freddie Mercury? No, he's a comic. Mitch, do you know who I'm talking about? He's awesome. Yeah, dude, he's a really good looking guy. and He's got a big mustache. He's gay. He's a comedian and he fucking rocks. And he looks like Freddie Mercury. Like he's in perfect shape. He's a great comic. Like I saw him with Noah Garden Schwartz once. He's really good. I should be able to pull his name out of my ass. And I feel like an asshole for not knowing. I don't know. We should shift gears. I'm I'm looking it up real quick. Let me read this Mario. Like I would much rather Charles Martinet just continue being Mario, but he always he also plays Luigi in the video games too. So that's what I said. That's why I was saying they should keep him as both. It's the voices he does, or just replace him as Luigi and still get him the check, or let him play Luigi and replace him as Mario with somebody who makes sense. Matt right. Matteo Lane. Matteo Lane. Yeah, dude, Matteo Lane rocks, and he'd be great. 
I don't think I've ever heard of him. He's an amazing Italian-American comedian. All right, let's see. Yeah, he looks young. He's really good. Oh yeah, I can see all the all the things you said make sense to me now. And I've and I've seen him do like his like tough voice, and I think that'd be a good Mario the whole movie if they were trying to not again if they weren't going to do that. <laughs> Fucking Pillsbury Italian guy. Yeah, but if Mario doesn't say in this next movie i'm gonna fucking riot yeah yeah i think that's fair mitch i'll light i'll light your uh bottle i'll light the rag i don't have a good choice go ahead speaking of oh i was gonna say speaking of sebastian maniscalco he's in it oh is he he's playing foreman spike hey well there you go get all the italians you can forget about keegan michael key as toad forget about it yeah that's pretty sweet wasn't there a cartoon? There used to be a Mario cartoon. Yeah, Super oh, The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3. And then there was also the Super Mario Brothers show. Yeah, I remember the Super, the Super Mario, Mario Brothers, Brothers show. Super Show. Super Show. Super the Show. Mario Brothers and Plummins, a game when not like the others to get all the fame. And well, that I... show was that show was okay, but the next one was better. Did you ever watch the next one, Mitch? No, because it didn't have Captain Lou Albano and Danny Wells as Mario and Luigi. <laughs> oh, that uh... asshole's that wrestling. Uh, yeah, Mario was Captain Lou Albano. Yeah. I think then- that's why Sam Talents acted like I was a dick for not knowing who that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Lou Albano was huge. I know, but Sam was like, you don't know who that is? You're dumb. You know who that is. She was like, no, I don't. You don't know who that is? Yeah. I don't know why my Sam talent is also Yogi Bear, but. Oh, dude, Sam would be a great Jelly Stove. Yeah. He would. Oh, great. Well, we. Oh, good. As we wrap it up, we should have people let us know who they would want cast as Mario. Yeah, Mario. 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 I, it pisses yeah. me off when people say Mario, but sometimes that's how you say it. Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. What if how it was Matteo Ma- Lane and then uh, Mario Cantone and they begrudgingly had to save a princess <laughs> because they were gay brothers? And neither one of them wanted to do it. That'd be a fun comedy. I'd watch that. That would be awesome. And also the discourse online of people insisting that Mario and Luigi have to pound pussy to be like true to their characters would be hilarious. Fucking hilarious. They lay pipe, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, but there's more, more, there's more than one way to lay a pipe, Luigi. (laughs) Goodness. So inappropriate. <laughs> well, I am casting from bed. My shirt is very open. Yeah, your shirt is. Very Whoa! Open. What are you doing? Whoa, dude! It's too late for this. Uh, yeah, I know. Flies open now. <laughs> well, I ate, I ate too much pizza before the podcast. So I, and since I'm laying down, I had to unbutton my shirt because my pudge was starting to escape. It's like when you open a fucking can of Pillsbury biscuits. I get you. You popped it. Yep. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> Wild thing. Bow, bow. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Like, what's that? What was it? Um, it'd be like, uh, oh, do you mind if I take off these pants? They're chafing me. They're <laughs> <laughs> chafing me. What was that from? The Simpsons? Yeah. I think oh, so. I can't believe it. Now my shirt's chafing me. <laughs> <laughs> I do, that. I do that sometimes, or I used to do that to my wife, where I'd be like, oh, you mind if I take off these pads? They're chafing me. <laughs> and she was like, sploosh, let's get it on. 
Let's get it on. Yeah. Well, if they did want to give us that feedback, though. Well, you can send us an email. Oh, sorry. You want to tee me up for that again, and I'll edit this part out. Fuck it. Why edit it? I'm just curious Uh, how they would get a hold of us. Keep it in. Okay. Keep it in. (laughs) Fuck it. it It's just going live. Take it out. Disco lady. lady. Uh, If if you want to send us your picks for who you want to be Mario, or you just want to send us something in general that we can talk about on the show, uh, you can email us at broadcastgeeks at gmail.com. You can send us a, you can like us on Facebook. You can write us on Twitter at broadcastgeeks. You can send us something on Instagram at broadcast underscore geek, or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. And uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get a picture of my hairy chest on my bed. It's worth it. $5 a month, at least. Dump them out. I'm dumping them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got him. He's got him. I folks. got him. I got him. So until next time, listeners, we say to you, Excelsior. Excelsior.